Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, I'm your host today, as always, and um, I'm delighted to welcome back um, probably my most frequent guest and somebody who's become a good friend as well, um, Alexander Shire. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, James. It is delightful, and as we were just saying, I'm, I'm here in the UK, I'm in Wales, and it's so great to be somewhat close. Yes, absolutely is, yeah. And it's always good to have you on the show. Um, we yeah. always, it's always, um, it's yeah, it's like an education. <laughs> you, are, you are looking great. I don't know that, that your listeners can see you, but whatever you're doing, brother, keep it up. Well, I gave up chocolate at Christmas and sugary drinks, and I haven't had any since, so that probably has something to do with it. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> yes, we, uh, uh, listeners will not know this because uh, they can't see me and there's no, we don't do a video for the, for the podcast, so people won't know, um, but, um, but yeah, I am a lot healthier than I've, than I've been for a while, so, uh, yeah, um, and today we're going to explore a couple of few things, um, first though, I think one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was, um, awakening, transformation, and change, um, and how these are different, and how they're actually all part of the same process. So, just um, I'm just going to let you let you talk about it because um, you always just have so much wisdom. It's like so, just kind of let yeah, just kind of explain for us kind of the differences between these these three ideas and and uh, and what they mean. Well, thanks. It is something I've been sort of passionate about of late because transformation has become sort of a buzzword, and I have seen all manner of of events and courses and retreats and uh, and and it seems like people are using the word a transformative experience, and and it can be. But the word transformation and the word awakening and the word change, at least psychologically, have three different aspects, all part of the process. So let's let's start with the word awakening. Hmm. That awakening begins a process of transformation. And within a process of transformation, there are different types of changes that happen. Hmm. But I, I... um, we were having a conversation this, this past week about angels, and I was aware that in the Christian scriptures and in the Hebrew scriptures, that when an angel appears, uh, the angel comes as an awakening event. And I know that a lot of there's a lot of discussion today about the beauty and the power and the presence of angels in our lives, etc. And mm. they help us in this way, they help us in that way. But when it comes to the scriptures, the angel has got one particular aspect, and that is awakening. And usually, at least in the scripture, it's an awakening that comes like a bolt of lightning. It's almost like uh, a shock type of awakening that invariably in both the Hebrew and the Christian scriptures, when the presence of an angel arrives, we hear the, we hear the angel say, do not be afraid, which is telling us uh, what our experience is when the angel appears. That, that a moment of awakening, and we don't need to think of it as a being with, with wings, but these moments of awakening that happen in our lives, 
where we realize, oh, something in our lives is now going to be different because my consciousness has expanded. Mm. And that this begins a process of transformation. Awakening is that moment where we realize that we have a whole new journey ahead of us. And that some of that new journey is going to be that we have to unlearn. And this is the part which is so hard for us, but this is actually now moving into transformation. But just for the sake of discussion, I'm going to talk about the awakening moment as the arrival of an angel. And Mm. the angel is any event, inner or outer, which makes us realize I have got to begin a process of growth. That what I have been doing and what I have been thinking and the way I have been understanding has been fine up to this moment, but now something new has arrived. And I need to grow into it. So many of the events that we experience, uh, a great talk, we we go to a, a festival and it, it, all of that has a, has an energy of awakening in us, yeah, to to something that that will be a much longer journey to actually make the awakening become part of our life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've been writing. Um, my listeners will be interested in this. I've been writing my uh, I'm writing my memoir right now about my spiritual or kind of awakening and transformation and all these kind of things and deconstruction. And one of the the first chapter is kind of now I now I now I hear you talk about awakening. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And the experience I have in that I talk about in the first couple of chapters is is I realize now was that was that that's a good way to describe it. It's kind of oh suddenly I'm awake to all the things that I that are wrong. All the things that I need to deal with. All the things that I need to change. All the things that I need to confront that are going on. All the ways I want to grow but I've not been able to like I'm suddenly aware of them um, and and but that's just the beginning right right and I love um, in in uh, in Hindu mythology there is this uh, um, image or story that's told about this being called Garuda right and Garuda uh, Vishnu flies on the back of Garuda, which is this sort of powerful, uh, almost eagle-like creature, and arrives suddenly to wake you up. Right. And uh, I just I love the image of that because because that's what the experience of awakening is like. And in Christian expression, we call it the arrival of an angel. Um, but it comes suddenly like a thunderbolt uh, or perhaps an earthquake in our life where suddenly what seems solid and stable is is now shaken and and moving and dynamic yeah absolutely yeah it's just it's like a rupturing almost in a way it's like things that have been held held in and hidden are now exposed right and oftentimes this experience comes to us uh, I mean, there is a, a, a beautiful sort of softer experience, maybe softer, falling in love, which is an mm, awakening. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is an awakening. Yeah. Uh, but 
other than that, we have the other sorts of experiences where there's where we feel some sort of a downturn or a staleness, and and oftentimes it's the loss of a job or the loss of a friendship or the uh, yeah it's some sort of a grief experience yeah which uh, is the awakening yeah absolutely I mean that, that you could yeah that was that was that's been my experience it was. Yeah, I lost a parent, and that was a transformative moment for me. That opened me up to different ways of seeing the world, different ways of understanding my spirituality, my different understandings of Jesus, and um, which I wouldn't have got without that rupturing, without the grief. Because when the grief happens, it's kind of you start questioning everything. Like, right. you know, it, for me, it was like God is not the God I had believed in before that was not big enough to deal with my grief. So I had to move outwards, and I've been moving outwards ever since, you know. But, and that's really courageous, and I, and I truly mean that. And I love the word courage, which means heart, quarter heart, but but there's a um, there's a Actually, we'll move now sort of into the beginning process of transformation because awakening brings us the possibility of transformation. But I love what what uh, um, Joseph Campbell talks about. One of the first steps on the journey of transformation is refusing the journey. And Campbell would say that unless we begin to experience our no to the journey, he, he, he really questions whether it's deep enough. That, that there is something in us because we know that this transformative process is going to be huge. There's something in us that doesn't want to take it initially. Yeah. We, we pull back from it. Yeah, well, this is really strange because I'm thinking about the first chapter of my book again. And that's literally my That's the story I'm telling in that chapter is knowing what's ahead of me and yet the resistance to it and knowing like knowing the cost and knowing the because when you go into a awakening and a trans and then we're going to transformation there is a cost and you know there's going to be a cost and it's, it's going to be difficult and hard work and painful but you know you know in your subconscious you know in your you know intuitively that you have to go there to be free and to be transformed and to be healed and if you don't go there, you will be trapping yourself. And you, but you have you're right. You have to be aware of the cost before you go into that. And there has to be that kind of challenge: Am I going to take that step or not? Um, and then, like like you well, say, it's like the act of courage is to take that step, knowing that it could be difficult. It is in in. in what you're doing, I don't want to say it's rare, but I, I want to really, I want you to respect and, and uh, affirm yourself for moving through the refusal. Uh, because many of us get stuck there for a long time. Hmm. And it's easy to, because there's so little in our culture, and sadly, there's not a lot in, in the Christian tradition right now which supports us. Uh, it, 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 it supports our making the refusal 
rather than encouraging us to keep growing. Yeah. It, 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 there's so much in Christianity that wants us to stay with the God that we've always known rather than, than to hear what, what uh, we hear so often uh, in, in, the, in the, the Hebrew scriptures. Behold, our God is doing something new. And, mm-hmm. and to truly behold that our God is doing something new, we have to move through that voice inside that wants to refuse that. Yeah. And, and a lot, not all of Christianity, but a lot of Christianity wants to keep us in yesterday's concept. And so they don't support our behold God is doing something new. They rather support no Yesterday was fine. Let's stay there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's part of human nature is to stay in certainty, to stay in what we know, to right. essentially numb the pain, to right. run away from the pain, to or to construct something around the pain, um, which is I, certain. I, I, I like to think of architecture and the difference between what happens in, the, in, in Asia and the East and what we've done in the West. Um, in, in the East, they say that the first law of reality is that everything is changed. And, and therefore, they don't build their buildings to last forever. They actually build things to deteriorate because they... To, to try to build something that's going to stay exactly the way it's always been would not be to be part of reality. It would be, it would be to delude yourself because the first law of reality is constant dynamism and change. Mm. Oh, Whereas yeah. we in the West build our sacred places. We build our churches and our cathedrals and we, we, we build them in stone and we put artwork in them, and we, for the most part, lock it down into the way it was originally built is the way it should always remain. Hmm, yeah. And we teach ourselves that life is not about change, but it's about a permanent. And it's about yesterday's permanent. And it's about the fact that our life is to continue some idea of permanent whereas the east says the permanence is in constant change so it's it's a it's a it's an interesting metaphor and and when we're in a moment like this which is which requires so much rethinking yeah um it's hard when we come from a tradition which has been seemingly to be about a permanence which doesn't change yeah, there's a, there's a paradox in there, isn't there? There is. In that, in that um, God, the divine, doesn't change, but our relationship with him continually changes and has to change. Yeah. Right. There, there is a permanence in our God, but the permanence in our God is in our constantly growing to understand more. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, it's a beautiful paradox. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, we moved... So I love, I love, just as an, uh, one example for all of those people who may have the chance to go visit Italy, 
and to go visit the Duomo, the cathedral in Siena. Hmm. And I, I, they have a principle in the cathedral in Siena, which is something I don't know about other places. It may be, but I just have never heard it. Um, this great cathedral that's about 800 years old now, every 10 years, they must retire 10% of the sacred art in the cathedral and create new art. Wow. So that, that the cathedral is always dedicated to the ongoing new expression of our understanding of God, rather than simply looking at the great masters of the past. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. And it means that you have to go back and visit it every 10 years at least, you know, because it'll always be different. You know, every, yeah, it will be continually changing and evolving. And oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so they've got this huge museum next to the cathedral, the Duomo, which has all the sacred art that has been taken out of the cathedral. And so it's, it's there to see the sacred art of yesterday, which is still holy and inspiring but never to let yesterday's inspiration overtake today's new expression. Absolutely. I completely agree. And that's, so that's awakening. That's just, that's just awakening. Right. And then we move into transformation. Um, Transformation is um, one of the, one of the ways that I I get to distinguish change is a more ego, uh, uh, experience it has more um, uh, uh, mm. it has more our ego is awake and works with with change transformation is sort of at the cellular level it's at the body level it's, it's at a it's, it's like change sits within change sits inside transformation transformation is the change of the whole experience of yourself I mean, yeah, transformation is an experience, of, is a new experience of yourself at a cellular level. Oh, I and, love that. That's true, yeah. Change is bringing your ego mind to be in right relationship with the transformation. Right. So that's why it's awakening transformation and change. Yeah. Because the transformation has to happen before you before the change. Oh, well, I didn't... So the change, the change, the change is sits in as an, as one aspect of the transformation. Right. Yeah. Right. And then what happens during? So what happens during the transformation is not just. It's not just in. It's not just in terms of your um, something that's conscious or something that's that's even in your subconscious. It's actually in your your entire body. Your entire body, and I love all the all the, the the new research on the brain is. We we now know that the entire body is a brain. Yes, you have you have you have thinking cells in your knees and in your feet and in your fingertips. It, it's not just all what we have thought about is the gray mass in our head. Yeah, so, that the whole body is quote unquote a brain, and it's all integrated. Yeah, and that fascinates me. I I I heard that research recently uh, myself, and I, it just blew my mind that you know that the whole your whole body is interconnected. That it's all that it's thinking, that it's that it's that it's feeling. And I mean, I always have a sense. I've I've always had a sense that 
the emotional pain that that we that we experience is a physical pain as well as a, an emotional pain that it because my expressions of my emotional pain have been very physical and i've actually felt physical internal pain when that's been released right and so and then that was very real um so there is a there really when we when we talk about people being wounded and being hurt uh, there's a very physical element to that it's not just an emotion the emotional the emotional wound is part of it it, it, it is of course right. it's, but it's not just something that's in your brain it's something that's in your body right. and, and we know this uh, my work as a psychologist I, I work primarily with trauma and, and to release where the trauma is held in the body would mean to gently bring your I mean, whether it's physical whether a person is physically touching or bringing their awareness to that part of their body but when they do that that when they touch that part of the body gently with love it releases memory it releases pictures it releases feelings and mm. And in, in essence, those memories and those feelings aren't quote-unquote stored up in the gray matter in your head, but they're in the cells of your body. And when you're hurt, that's where the memory is stored. That's where the, uh, the, the brain for that experience is. Wow. So it, it's just been an amazing ex- expansion of what we have thought about ourselves to learn this, and it also means that when we're in a transformative process, that we need to work with our whole body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's there's some great people out there who are doing a lot of work with this, and coaches who help you, you know, get your get in tune with your body, and also content with your body, um, yeah. and be able yeah. to be like, this is your home. This is where you live. You know, this is this is this is part of who you are. Um, we need to love our bodies and own our bodies and be content. There is that saying, isn't there? Be content in your own skin. You know, um, and great saying. Yeah, it is. Um, and it, I didn't realize the meaning of it until recently when I heard about this this research about your body thinking. You know, but it's it really is um, really is fascinating. And I think of it, it's part of what we see, and, and I think of it as what the Spirit is doing with us and why there is such um, uh, a growing popularity for things like yoga uh, and mm. for uh, exercise and for time in nature because all of these are bringing us home to our bodiness. And the sacred start in our body hmm. it's like we, if, if we uh, the sacred experience without being in our body is not incarnation exactly exactly I mean I I saw this this thing um, which is happening in America where the, these groups of Native Americans um, have created this form of exercise which is not a gym it's actually outside on the ground and that's very they say it's very intentional that we do that because it's a part of us being connected to the earth 
Yeah. And we're, we're exercising and getting our bodies healthy, but we're doing it in connection with, with the earth because, we, right. with, because of this oneness with the earth. And I absolutely love that, you know, and, and it, obviously it doesn't cost anything to do that. Because you're just outside, you know, and... And I, I think that it's part of what is um, so inspiring many today to go on quote-unquote pilgrimage. Mm. Um, this idea of walking, um, hours and hours of walking, and largely walking in nature. Yeah. Which is reconnecting to the sacredness of Earth and the sacredness of our bodies. Yes, yes, and that's why I think that's that's why you often feel that kind of sense of of peace and contentment when you go for a walk in nature, like all of us do. There's something about being in nature which which recenters us, isn't there? And, um, and that famous saying of Saint Augustine, um, not somebody that I think a lot about, but nevertheless, he, he, one of his great sayings was, it's all solved by walking. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And walking is, I found walking to be so helpful when I'm having a bad day or I'm, everything's getting clogged up emotionally or, or I'm stressed out. I go for a walk and even if it's not in nature, and it just clears my head. And I mean, I, I spoke to um, science Mike about this once and I think and he, and he said it, when, when you're when you're walking you use a different part of your brain than when you are when you are uh, when you're when you're sitting down you know um, and so all the stuff that's been in your brain from when you're sitting down suddenly gets released into the other part of the brain and suddenly you can process it and this is why writers often have ideas when they go for a walk because all the information they've taken in is now be able to be processed and condensed and formed into ideas and suddenly it's like ah oh, you know the and the other part of your brain just right there it is you know that i mean I've, I've literally got ideas when i've gone for a walk as a writer and i always recommend this to other writers or artists anyway anyone creative just go if you if you're stuck go for a walk because that will that literally will unlock things for you yeah, and I realize I'm sitting here vigorously shaking my head, yes, but you, but your listeners can't see that. But <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And there is something so powerful about having our feet on the earth. Mm. Um, our feet are like, are like the roots of a tree that draw up the energies from the earth into our very self. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, I love I love that that whole idea, and that's transformation, isn't it? It, it? it happens as a very physical experience. Yeah, so you've had the awakening, and then you have the transformation, which happens. Well, we, in we have all to Yeah, go on. No. To open ourselves to the full energy of transformation which doesn't usually start with a, the gray matter in our heads, mm. but, is a, but is an energy that moves through us and eventually transforms our brain. Yeah, and that's when you get change, isn't it? The, the, right. the, 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 when it gets to the brain, that's when the real shift happens. And I've even noticed this because I've gone through a big change, a lot of change, and... Um, 
the getting it into the brain was the last bit and the most difficult bit in a way. Yeah. Because you're kind of trying to get in tune with what your body is already doing. Right. What your subconscious is already doing, what your spirit's already doing, what your physical body is already doing. And you're trying to get your head around it in a way and trying to just become aware of it and and use it in a way or be in tune with it um and that that's a that's a challenging difficult thing to do but you can do it Um, again campbell would talk about that there is the awakening that starts us on the journey of transformation and that then when we've had this deep experience of transformation in ourselves Mm. that now comes the second refusal that we can almost think of it as our our brain revolts against it it's really not our brain but it's sort of our ego self doesn't want to grow that much Uh, and Mm. now we have to really begin to intentionally work with the material which is bringing the ego to make the actual changes Yes, yes. So, so there's the awakening, there's the body experience, and then there's the ego mind that must make make intentional actions of change. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, so that brings us to kind of the change, doesn't it? That's the next, that's the next bit, which is where you, I guess it's where you, where your conscious mind tries to get in tune with what's going on in your body. And it's still going on because because transformation is, is ongoing. It's not a kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's why I wrote my, my latest book, Returning from Camino, because just as an example, when we go on the Camino, we usually have both an awakening experience and we have a full body um opening the transformation but then we come home mm-hmm. and a lot of people expect it simply because they've had the awakening and the full body experience of transformation that the work's over mm-hmm. and and it's not in fact the hardest work is the return because we now have to the ego mind simply has to make new choices day by day, new choices, building a new pattern that resists the old pattern that will come back and want to take over again. Yes, yes, absolutely true. Many people will go on the Camino as an example and have a fabulous experience and come home and get depressed rather quickly because they thought that the change had happened. And they don't realize that, no, the experience of the Camino gave them the possibility, gave them the first two steps to change. Mm. But now, change is going to be the hard work of actually making concrete new choices mm. in, in the face of your usual everyday life. And it's hard. It doesn't have all the exhilaration of the walking. Exactly, um, and, yeah. And all the companionship that you had when you were out walking, because uh, now you're back home with uh, sometimes friends and family who don't understand what you're going through and don't know how to support you. Yeah, and that's a challenge. That's definitely a challenge. 
And in fact, may even be afraid of you really changing. Yes. Yeah, that's a common thing because when you when you when you come to people that you've been you've known your your whole life, you know, whether it's lifelong friends or or maybe it's your partner who you've been with for a long time or family who've known you your whole life and then you come back and you you, know, you you've been through transformation and now you know you need to change in a conscious and demonstrable way then suddenly it's like, oh, well, you're not the same person anymore that I knew and I was comfortable with, you know, and uh, you have to say, yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> um, and you have to have the cut, and then, then, then there's courage involved there as well because you have to be willing to be who you've become with the people that have known you all your whole life, and that can, feel, so, that can feel dangerous, yeah. That, that is so important, James, and thank you for bringing that forward. It, this is... As much courage as it takes to start with the awakening, this is the deepest courage, is the courage to live into your authenticity in the face of people who have known you so well up to this point, but may not be able to take this next step with you. Yeah, exactly. It just hurts. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've had to face that challenge myself. Like, how do I do? How do I? How do I consciously embody the the, the person I'm becoming, whilst also being around the people that I've known my whole life? You know, when I was in America, in San Diego and LA earlier a couple of months ago, it was easy to be that person, right? Because I'd never met these people before. I knew them on. I knew them on social media, um, but I knew them also as this self that I already was. And then when I go and see them, I could be that person freely without any fear or any boundaries. And then I come back and it's like, okay, how do I keep being this person around people that I know my whole life and that I've almost, you've got learned behaviors around these people. You, but you've got learned behaviors with them and they've got learned behaviors with you. Yeah. That's right. And and, and, and and you both have to grow. Yeah. And and you and in returning you may have more motivation for growing than they do. Because you've you've realized in some way that you want to or need to grow. Mm-hmm. And and now what's happening is your growth is making them look at themselves. Mm-hmm. And some people will receive that invitation and other people will not want that invitation. Yeah, exactly. And that's a challenge for anybody. I mean, you know, when you talk about deconstruction, I mean, deconstruction is quite a fashionable phrase right now. When people go through a deconstruction, that's often what they have to do. This is the journey they, they have to go. I mean, deconstruction, I, I'm actually becoming aware that deconstruction is essentially going on your hero's journey. Yeah. That's essentially yeah. what it is. And it... it and yeah, and at that point, and everyone has to come to terms with that. If you leave, if you have to leave a church that you've been going to for years, or you have loads of friends, and you have to leave them behind because you know that you can't stay there anymore, when you have to leave a set of beliefs behind that lots of your friends believe in and you can't accept anymore, when you have to leave communities behind, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and it's it's um, it takes a lot of courage. It, it does take a lot of courage, and, and I, I hope also that you will find support from one or two or three or four people, because it, it can be a very lonely journey. 
Yes, it can. It really can. Um, I've been fortunate to to find people, some through this podcast, I must admit, um, and others in kind of social media communities and podcast communities, whatever, um, where uh, who are on the same journey. And um, I was lucky to find a contemplative community in London, which is very has a lot of people who are on this journey as well. And so I've been fortunate in many ways to find people who can help me on that journey. And it is really important that in some ways, if you're on this journey, that you that you find some kind of community in some way, because um, we need community to grow, to give us support, to um, to comfort us, to encourage us. You know, we need we need that as human beings. We need that. Right. And, and this really, if, if I can just take a moment, this really is was the original inspiration to creating what I now call the Heart and Mind Community Guides. Mm. Uh, and Heart and Mind is a way of, of walking the heroine and hero's journey uh, as given to us by Jesus the Christ in the, in the Gospels. So if you want to walk that journey uh, with the content of the Gospels as your guide, uh, but to do it in a, in a small group of people where we realize that we, we're coming together because we want to live our authentic selves. And, and it is so, it, 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 um, it, it, it's paradoxical and to me a little sad that a lot of Christian community today doesn't support our authenticity. That, that mm-hmm. it, it starts with a bunch of rules that actually don't help us move to, to explore our own authenticity. And what would it be like, and this was the impetus to create these guides, what would it be like for people to come together and say, we know that Christ wants us to live our authentic self, and we also know that a small community can not uh, be a, uh, a hindrance to our authenticity, but can actually be a support to our authenticity. And so we, we created these guides seven years ago and have refined them over the seven years so that a small group of people can come together as their best self to hopefully let the energy of the Christ awaken them to their to authentic living for themselves and for others. Yeah, and that's that's amazing. And yeah, and if you've not read Alexander's book, Heart and Mind. Um, I would recommend it. It's a, it's a big read, um, for sure. Um, but it is really, really helpful, and it unpacks this concept which you call quadratos, um, which we've talked about on the show before. The you know, which is the hero's journey through the lens of the Gospels, um, uh, through the lens of the Christ, which is, um, yeah, has changed my life. Um, I really would encourage all of you to go and check that out and um, the four different the four different paths. It is a big read, and, and I and I've had people say it's too big a book, and I'm like, I have friends who have told me that they have read a paragraph every day, and it took them two years to go through the book. I don't care. Um, you know, read read a sentence or two every day. Read a paragraph every day. This is this is not a Dan Brown novel. Don't sit down and think you're just going to read this from beginning to end. Just take a little bit for a long time and see how it may change your whole life. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely 
encourage that. Um, it is amazing. Um, yeah, and and actually one of the th- one of the themes that one of the the final path I think is the path of joy, and um, which I think is the book of uh, Luke, isn't it? The book of Luke. Yeah, that's right. And um, and wanted to, and, and Alexander and I wanted to talk about joy a little bit today because of. Um, uh, well, Rob, um, Alexander, Alexander's friend and um, somebody I've interviewed on this show, um, Rob, Rob Bell, has been doing a tour um, called An Introduction to Joy, yeah. which, I, which I attended in London. And, um, and I haven't yet been able to see it, yeah, but, but I think when Rob and I get together in December, I'm going to be there for his last show in Los Angeles. Yeah, and what, what Rob talks about as joy um, is... He usually talks about the book of Ecclesiastes. Everything is meaningless. Everything is, everything is vapor. Everything is, um, you know, that, that, and it just goes through all of that. Um, the, the first bit of Ecclesiastes, but then he talks about. Then he uses this as kind of as a foundation to talk about joy, as in, yeah, everything is meaningless, and we will die, and we will get ill, and we will suffer, and things will go wrong, and everything that can go wrong probably will go wrong, but. So, so knowing that, let's be fully present in the moment that we have, and kind of lower the bar for joy and look for joy wherever we can find it, right. and be fully present in that. And it becomes more joyful knowing that everything is meaningless, that we're going to suffer, that things will go wrong. Yeah. You know, that there's something that actually heightens the joy. Um, and this is kind of the essence of what Rob is talking about. And I, I love it. it. It reminds me on, on the Camino, there's a saying that a pilgrim's job is to walk and to be grateful. And but but the thing is, is that people say to be grateful. Well, I'm going to think back over today, and I'm going to find something today to be grateful for. No, 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 no. Hmm. That was the the gratitude for a pilgrim is the gratitude in what is. Yes. It's bringing yourself to the mindfulness of what is and learning how in that what is is a presence and in that presence is joy. Yes. Yes. And that's it. And, 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 I mean, even Paul talks about this. Um, I have learned the secret of being content whatever the circumstances. Hmm. You know, and he really suffered, Paul. Um, yeah. So he really had to mean that when he wrote it, you know. Um, yeah, and it's that's that's you're right. It's part a part of part of the thing that I've learned on my journey is is and that keeps everyone keeps stressing to me and reminding me of is being fully present in the moment and having joy, looking yeah. for joy in the present moment because that's yeah. where you find it. Yeah. And, and this to me is such a critical new learning for us in this moment where there's climate chaos and there's political chaos and there's all manner of need and suffering and that and all of that is true Hmm. and yet the gospel of Luke will say to us find mindfulness in what is come back Luke's gospel keeps talking about now 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 don't look down the road don't look for the turnaround Yes, you're working for the turnaround, but don't look for it. Don't be placing your hope on your, on a thing that's down the road. 
bring yourself back to that small things that you can do right now and be content in that. Yes. That, that big event down the road is God's work. It's not ours. Our work is the mindful presence to the small actions that I can do today and to be content in it. Yes, absolutely. And you're right, with the world as it is, um, we need that more than ever. Oh, right, right. And I fully believe the promise that somehow God is going to turn all of this around, but not because I'm stressed out about tomorrow, but I'm willing to get put, to put my heart and my mind at rest with what I can do today. Yes. Yes, and that's true. And when, when we talk about, we talked about the journey of awakening, transformation, and change. And in that, during that journey, you need to be the same. You need to be fully present in each moment, in each day, because it will not be an easy journey. It will be painful and hard work and difficult at times. Um, but there will be moments of joy in that journey as well. And you have to be awake to see them and to be make make the most of them um, because because you need that on the journey to keep you going absolutely i i think about this little teaching story from the from the catholic pope of my childhood who was pope john the 23rd um and and he his his days were very very stress-filled because he was negotiating between khrushchev and john kennedy he was the the go-between trying to resolve the Cuban Missile Crisis, where it seemed like the world was on the brink of a nuclear war. Mm. And, and he wrote in his journal that at 8 o'clock at night, he would leave the office and turn the lights off and say, God, it's your world, I'm going to dinner. And that may seem callous, but it's actually that ability to stay in the moment as a human and to find a place of simple nurturance that gives us the ability to do the long, hard work for, for way down the road. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. And this has been a really great, great conversation. I mean, I think it's all just flowed organically, like like it always does. Um, yeah. You know, like, you know, uh, awakening, transformation, change, and then joy, you know, and they're all connected. You know, it's all connected. And, and joy is the ground of the whole journey. But we often have to make the journey to see what is. Yes. Yes, absolutely agree. That, yeah. that there, is a, there is a joy when we come to understand that everything has changed. It's always changing. Yes. And what, and what can we rest in? We can rest in that joy that's underneath all of that. Brilliant. That's so good. That is so good. Well, this has been a joy. Uh, <laughs> it's great to almost be standing on the same side with you. Yeah, well, we're on the same ground, technically, just a, just a few hundred miles apart. Um, yeah, and it, it's yeah, it's really good to talk to you again. It's always so enlightening and insightful. So thank you. Um, I'm going to be in and around London uh, in November, and I know I'm doing an event down in Tonbridge. I'm going to do another one somewhere just near London, and we should get together. But also, 
Uh, let me give people my website, and on my website, yep. they'll be able to, to, to know when those dates get set and, and how, to, uh, how to come be together. So the website is Quadratus, Q-U-A-D, Quad, uh, Ra, R-A-T-O-S, Quad, Ra, T-O-S dot com. And there's all manner of things on the website. Go, go there, enjoy, and also uh, stay in touch so I can get you the dates on, on where yeah. I am in, in the second week of November when I'm back from Spain and I'll be in London for a week. That will be awesome, and we will, de- yeah, we'll definitely get together. And um, we'll have lunch. Yes, we will, and that'll be joy as well. And if you're in London, if you live in anywhere near London, um, and you wanna, you wanna uh, meet Alexander as well, get in touch with me. Maybe we can sort something out. I don't know, but um, yeah, um, it's always um, a joy to talk to you and to uh, and to hang out with you. And when we get to do that as well, so um, thank you for coming on again. And um, love it, love it. Yeah, always, always. Um, just an incredible conversation. Never quite sure where it's going to go, but yeah. And I love conversations. They're the best conversations, definitely. Um, where you don't know where they're going to go. So, um, thanks, Alexander, and thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>